0: So why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have?
1: It's not color. It's culture.
0: Explain the difference, because I think we're. we're Steven in a space
1: Spielberg right did Schindler's List. hmm Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but there are cultural differences. I know, you know, we all know what. It is what a hot comb it hits your hair on a Sunday morning. What it smells like—that's a cultural difference, not just a color difference. All right, so it's the culture.
2: What's going on, good people? Rich here. School in the building was happening.
0: <laughs> hey guys, it's your girl Ray P, and we're back.
2: <laughs> Welcome back another episode of the culture garden podcast we appreciate y'all for tuning in we say it every single week but we sincerely mean it thank y'all thank y'all for just checking us out every single week for interacting with us um i do want to shout out a couple people real quick before we even get rolling into the episode uh one shout out to christina as always um drop it my nah, dog, dog. man christina cool as hell like that's my dog i feel like i know her forever but um, she was commenting on the Crooklyn episode and shared some of her experiences and memories with it, um, and just kind of laughing at the fact that she's gonna hold off on rewatching it after listening to the episode, yeah. and that she may feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but shout out to Christina. Also, shout out to Lydia. Lydia is someone who um, I've said it before. This was actually school's idea. School would be on Twitter sometimes and search the hashtag or whatever we were talking about, mm-hmm. and send the link to them. So I went to Run the World's page on Stars, which we've been covering myself and Ray P on. We got y'all. And um, went on their comment section on one of their posts and found some people. um, There's someone by the name of Lydia. She started following us. I I just asked her to check it out, you know, just check Mm -hmm. it out. Let us know what you think. She actually circled back, let us know what she thought. Uh, Love me and Ray P. Love Run the World as always. So thank you, Lydia. Shout Uh, out to you. What up, Lydia? Yeah, you're officially part of the Culture Garden family. Mm -hmm. Shout out to you. And also, shout out to Bryce Tober on Instagram. I'm assuming his name is Bryce, but his Instagram handle is Bryce Tober. Um, He reached out to us and just gave us props, said he loves the show. He listens every single week. Um, Had a request and said, hey,
3: there's a movie
2: that I want y'all to do. And he told us what it was. I'm not going to tell y'all. He told us. And I told him, I said, you know what? It's Ray P's uh, week to pick. It came down between that movie he wanted and what we're doing today. Yeah, It's funny how that works, but y'all know how it is. Anytime we get a chance to shout y'all out, show y'all love, we're going to do that. Oh, Oh, man. Y'all the reason we do this and come back every single week. Um, I mentioned we got y'all the television podcast. Uh, We do reviews. We just wrapped up Run the World on Stars. Uh, Incredible season two. Mm -hmm. Incredible season two. I've been telling people, if you need a show to watch and you aren't familiar with it, they are 27-minute episodes. There's two seasons. You can get through it in a weekend, if that. Um, And it's really good. And Rachel and myself, I think we had some good commentary on it. It was a very fun time recording for those eight weeks. We got a couple more shows coming for y'all in August. Uh, We have Winning Time and we have Rap Shit. So we are excited um, to start talking about that. If you check the episode description, you can see our link tree. You will have access to all of the content that we put out, as well as our Instagram feed, as well as our email address. Don't hesitate to reach out. As we mentioned earlier, people talk to us, we talk back, shout y'all out. We just have, love having good conversation. Um, yeah. You know, Bryce Sober was talking about hustling flow for a while, just back and forth about it. So mm-hmm. appreciate him for that. And before we get into this week's episode, there will be spoilers and there will be explicit content. Yeah. Hey, we're we going to be hustle. talking about. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about Above the Realm. And I also forgot one more thing, y'all. I don't know how I did this. This is the first time since we've started this segment. Last week in Crooklyn, I did not ask classic or nah. Hey man, they know the answer. Nah, because hold on. I think it's pretty interesting because as much as I do not like the film today, I don't know if I cannot call it a classic.
0: I was gonna say it's still very much a classic.
2: Yeah. I think it still has to be put in the classic category, regardless of how I feel about it. Yeah. So school, what you saying? You ain't answered. I get what y'all saying. I agree. I ain't watching that shit, again, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, some movies, you know, you don't watch more than. one. Well, I, I was about to ask about a certain movie, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> like I said, above the rim today. Ray P. Yes. This was your week. Uh huh. What made you want to pick this?
0: Well, I was just. We've been doing sort of newer movies. I mean, I know y'all did Hustle and Flow, which is a little older, but. I wanted to do something that we hadn't really discussed. I mean, obviously, we haven't discussed any of these movies, but Above the Rim is a movie, I think, that gets overlooked. And then what had had happened was also there was that meme going around of 90s movies broken down by year.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, And I was like, yo, I forgot about some of these. And Above the Rim is something, a movie that I've always genuinely, genuinely liked. And so I'm like, let's
2: do it. Let me ask you something. And I know we'll talk further when we get into first experiences and all that. But mm-hmm. you genuinely like Above the Realm. Yeah. What, what was it about the film that drew you in? Because it would be, I don't know whether to classify I mean, it's a sports movie, of course, but it's more, way more than that. Um, and obviously, mm-hmm. I think the non-sports scenes are the most important, mm-hmm. most intriguing. What drew you into the film?
0: So I actually do really like sports movies, even if
2: true. Uh, you, you chose Draft yeah. Day.
0: I love a good sports story. Um, <laughs> I number one, Leon, hello, and Mac. Tupac, hello,
3: hey.
0: <laughs> Bernie Mac, hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Marlon Wayans, hello. Like <laughs> so that may be what drove me choosing this movie or drew me into above the rim and the stellar performances by everybody
2: yep you're absolutely right absolutely right all right man the synopsis story of a promising high school basketball star his relationships with two brothers one a drug dealer and the other a former basketball star fallen on hard times and now employed as a security guard as far as the stats go the film was released march 23rd 1994 it was directed by jeff pollock Jeff is claim to fame is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, as well as Benny Medina. It wrote 143 episodes. Fresh Prince was loosely based on Benny Medina and Jeff Pollock's friendship um, growing up. So, I mean, it was already, I think, season three, season four by the time this film came out. So, Mm -hmm. it had a lot of sway in Hollywood. It was a little bit of a different time still when television was something you tried to get out of. Yeah. People wanted to leave TV to be a movie star, your George Clooney's all that, and now it's people are running back to TV. Um, so it's a little bit of a different time. So for them to be having movies and making these power moves in Hollywood, that was a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Pollock also directed *Booty Call* and *Lost and Found*. I don't know if y'all remember that with David <laughs> if Y'all think <laughs> that type of stuff? But he dele- uh, he directed those two. He was a producer on *The Fighting Temptations*,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, which I'm not gonna hold y'all. I, o- I own *The Fighting Temptations* on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I might have to choose that here soon. I don't know. Been, a um, been minute. What's up? Been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute since I watched that. Mm. Unfortunately, Jeff Pollock, he passed away in 2013 um, while jogging. So rest in peace to him. All right. Yeah, the film was written by Jeff Pollock, Benny Medina. This was their original story. And then they added on Barry Michael Cooper um, to add notes and add to the screenplay. So he wrote the Harlem Trilogy, Barry Michael Cooper. They call it the Harlem Trilogy. New Jack City. Sugar Hill, he not uh, nah, he got game shit. My bad. Above the rim, <laughs> but those three are all written by him. Which if you're gonna have back to back to back, that's incredible. It's an incredible run to have. That's nice. Um, school, you'll appreciate this as well. He also wrote the story, the storyline for NBA Two K Sixteen, the video game. <laughs> and I know you will that's appreciate the one with freak, ain't it? I think that might be the one with freak. Yeah, it might be the one with freak, man. One day we'll tell you all about the gambling stories me and school used to have, man. To the point we had to stop. We had to stop playing the game. Man. Hey, we had to stop that. Shit, real, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> hey,
1: niggas yeah. weren't allowed at each other's house.
2: <laughs> hey, man. Budget of an estimated three and a half million dollars and it made sixteen point one million worldwide. Made all of its money back the opening weekend, three point seven million, and is currently streaming on Prime Video. As yeah. far as awards go one nomination for an mtv movie award for best song regulators ironically wasn't even on the soundtrack but it was on the end credits for this movie as far as the cast goes we have dwayne martin as kyle lee watson tupac Shakur as birdie leon as shep jeff pollock actually thought he was too young um do y'all want to know who was offered the role mm, yeah yes Mm-mm. go for it yeah who Denzel. All right, man. no, I'm dead ass serious. Denzel was offered the role. Of, no, I believe you. Oh yeah, but nah, I couldn't see it at all. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. funny because everybody thinks just because it's Denzel, like it's gonna fit. Like nah, bro. Yeah, nah. Um, but he passed on it. This was fresh off Michael Max for him. Mm-hmm. He was just in a different thing. He wasn't about to do above the rim, and thankfully so because Leon did his thing. This is one of Leon's one of my favorite Leon roles actually. Okay. So every, <laughs> for everybody.
1: I was gonna say, what where, where's a role where Leon doesn't kill? The
0: doesn't, limit does not exist.
1: Yeah, One, uh, You already know what I'm about to say, Rich. What, what's my favorite Leon performance?
2: Five Heartbeats. Temptation. Nope. Oh, hold on, Little Richard. <laughs> Little Richard. Richard. Oh, <laughs> I was. <thinking> <laughs> yep, that's right. Little Richard <laughs> is your favorite. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You're absolutely right, though. No limit. No limit. We have Tanya Pinkins as Malika, first of all, looking real good. Fire, looking real good. Shout out to her. Uh, we talked about Run the World earlier. Mm-hmm. Whitney's mom on Run the World, the show we just wrapped up on stars. Um, Holly.
0: That is her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
2: That's Gwen Green. That's her. <laughs> Let me just stop real quick. The whole purpose of us even creating this podcast was to give people their flowers in the culture, the ones that aren't recognized and just enough.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Tanya Pinkus is one of the most decorated theatrical actors that's ever walked the face of this planet. She's either been nominated or won every single award you can win in in a theater world. Mm -hmm. And not film, not motion pictures, but theater.
3: Theater,
2: yeah. Incredible. She is a legend on that side of things. And I yeah, want to man. make sure people probably don't know. Not a ton of people are in a the theater or go to theater. Theater, but I have to give her flowers because she is a phenom and an yeah. absolute incredible talent. So shout out to her.
1: It it, oh, it 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 reminds me of Patina Miller actually. Yeah. The Way,
2: man, killer, killer, yeah. killer. So if people are theater. I mean, and big time actors. Your Samuel Jacksons. They like, they still. That's how they keep their their skills mm-hmm. sharp. Plus, they love it.
3: Like, yeah. there's nothing
2: like getting on that stage live and having to do this shit. There are no cuts, no none of that. Get yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Wendell Pierce. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> just nominated, well, he didn't win, but he was nominated for a Tony. He did his thing. Mm-hmm. They love it. You're right. They love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, theater is one of my favorite, you know, forms. Ray Pierce, 10th grade, or it's <laughs> top of the year, maybe, or something <laughs> like that. With she took a theater class.
3: Come on. You know
2: what I <laughs> mean? Um uh, continuing with the cast, my bad. We got Marlon Wayans as Boogaloo. Bernie Mac is Flip. Rest in peace to the legend. That's Wood, Wood Harris is motai It was his film debut. Byron Mins is Monroe. Um, a shout out to Ray Ray from South Central. <laughs> Sha Michael Howard is Bobby. He also played Juni in Men of Honor, which is a <laughs> culture guard. Uh Pee Wee Kirkland, the street legend, legend in two games. Like I'm Pee Wee Kirkland. pee And I gotta shout out Michael Rispoli. Um he played Richard Big Richie kind of like that booster guy that new Kyle stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm only shouting him out because he played uh Jackie Aprile in The Sopranos.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, shout out to The Sopranos, man. As far as the origin goes, there's a lot of information about how this film got started, y'all. So, bear with me. Okay, Cut me off if you have any questions, I'm so just gonna get right into it. Barry Michael Cooper, we mentioned him earlier. He wrote eight scripts between 1986 and 1994. Only three of them got turned into movies, and I mentioned which ones they were, the mm-hmm. Harlem trilogy. Um, it wasn't his original screenplay, but he got brought in to help, like I mentioned. Um, he met Benny Medina through New Jack City, and Benny was the one that actually brought, brought Above the Rim to his attention. Um, it was based on an early 80s hoop star out of Queens. They didn't name who that hoop star was, but he was a real New York legend, and he was almost got devoured by the streets, just in the mm-hmm. life and trying to people trying to pull him one way. Uh, so that's how they actually came up with this story. Um, in the summer of 1990, New Jack City was just wrapping up production, and Barry was hanging with Michael Payne, who obviously started in New Jack City as G Money. Mm-hmm. And they were leaving the club, and this is the story is going somewhere. They were leaving the club, and the crew chief was with them. He was in a different car, he got pulled over by the cops. All right. Not, I don't know what was said. The dude came back to the other car with Alan Payne and, and Barry, and he was they was like, yo, I hate a thirsty-ass cop. And Barry had never heard the term thirsty before, so he wrote a screenplay called Thirsty. Wow. It was a Baltimore narcotics cop who was corrupt. He was extorting drug dealers, framing politicians, all types of shit, right? Ben and Medina read it and said, oh, shit, this is better than New Jack City. Like, mm-hmm. I want this movie. And he said, all right, cool, you can have it. The only thing is, he had told Warner Brothers like a couple weeks earlier, they could have the movie, too. Mm-hmm. so it became some big ruckus Warner Brothers got it and obviously they were pissed at him but they was like yo you got real talent why don't you come on and, and write this above the rim movie with us so that's actually him. his fuck up actually led to him getting a chance on this film Wow! and he brought the authenticity to the film like the rucker element yeah. um, the high school gyms if you know anything about New York City mm-hmm. public gyms those rims, those rings on top and all mm-hmm. that look like a track that's how they actually watch those um, the dope boys, the girls, the cars—he uh, loved it so much. Like he—he he told Jeff Pollock, like if you want this film to be this, then you need to do do it this way. Yeah, um, he would change the vernacular and dialogue in the script. And Jeff Pollock used to be pissed, but he understood because Barry told him, like, yo, these dudes are not from Bel Air. This ain't Fresh Prince. These <laughs> niggas right. from uptown. They from Harlem. <laughs> they don't talk like that. You got to change all this. And Jeff Pollock even went to the Rucker, and that's how Pee-wee got involved because he loved that Rucker element and that streetball legend. He wanted somebody that was really about that life in the movie. So you had him in there. Jeff and Benny asked Barry who should be Kyle Watkins. Or Watson, excuse me. Who y'all think he said? Will Smith. No, they asked Barry. They didn't ask Benny. Oh. Yeah, Benny and Jeff asked him, asked Barry, the writer, who should be Kyle. Mm, I don't know. Pain. Allen Payne, his guy. Payne, that makes sense. <laughs> hey, shout out to Players Ball. By yeah. the way. Um, if you've ever seen Players Ball, if you're listening to this episode, please hit us up on the Culture Garden Podcast on Instagram. Please hit us up, man. I would love Bye. to have a Players Ball conversation with people. Were you about to say some school? My bad. Nah, just wild. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. But obviously, he didn't get it. Um, Georgetown played a big role in this film. So actually, there was a 1992 episode of Fresh Prince that mentioned Georgetown. Mm -hmm. But if you were black and in the culture, in the 90s, those early to mid 90s, you had UNLV, you had the Fab Five, and you had Georgetown, specifically when Iverson came on the scene.
3: Mm -hmm. To
2: this day, I'm a diehard Carolina fan, diehard Carolina fan. I rep Carolina to the T. That's like one of those things. If you're my friend and you think of Carolina basketball, you think of me. That's how much I love Carolina basketball. The only other jersey I will wear to this day outside of a Carolina jersey is a Georgetown Iverson Hoya jersey. Like Iverson is probably the most influential, even more than Jordan to my generation, the most mm-hmm. influential person who ever picked up a basketball for sure. He, he took the bullets. Um, I don't want to use such a dark term, um, uh, but you know what I'm saying. He He took all the heat coming yeah. out the gate for the tattoos and the cornrows and everything else. Um, so Iverson and Georgetown, the fact that they weave that into the story is what really kind of took it over the top mm-hmm. within the hood because it seemed realistic that Kyle Watson would want to go to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you gotta think this film came out in 94. That was Iverson's freshman year at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So it really became a big thing. And everybody in the film that you see, for the most part, are real hoopers. So that's another cool element about this like uh, Dwayne Martin played division three basketball at New York university. Yeah. He was the first all association player. He was selected to that. He won the award for similar to the MVP that season. Um, Leon, for those who don't know, he had a basketball scholarship to Lo- Loyola Marymount. He yeah. played before he started taking basketball seriously, even between movies, he was playing over in Rome. So mm-hmm. he was still playing professional ball overseas. Uh, Wood Harris, he can hoop. He's from Chicago. He's about six four. He can really hoop. You can tell, and what's beautiful is you can tell by certain movement on the court. Like hoopers have this very distinct movement. You can tell who's bullshitting, who can really get out there, and all yeah. of them had that. So I love that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, The film actually didn't get good reviews. What? Didn't get good reviews. They said it was uh, cliche. It was choppy. Had too many holes in it, uh, which we have to remember. The lead or second lead um was involved in the shooting where he shot two undercover cops.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Obviously he got off for those who don't know the story. So it mm-hmm. was some other shit. Now right? and you no. know you gotta be you know you gotta be innocent if you get off and of shooting two cops in the south. Right. You know what I'm saying? So but that's I'm sure disrupted production and some of the scenes they might have had in mind. Yeah, and
1: and even to uh add on to that
2: rich shit, and then he wind up getting shot at uh quad. Yeah, got shot. ended up getting shot at Quad as well. Yeah. So all of that happened, and it was a big, it was a lot on set during the making of this <laughs> film, to say the least. And Pac was professional. I remember Leon saying, you know, he had a, Pac had a way about him, but it wasn't like in a diva way. Um, Wood Harris told a story of the Range Rover, one of the Jeeps, the, the door wasn't opening. So Pac told the director of the people in charge of that, like, yo, fix this. They tried to fix it. He said, no, if you don't do it like this, it's going to happen again. So they tried the scene again. It happened again. He couldn't get the door open. He just stormed off the set, went to his trailer, said, y'all hit me up when y'all ready. I'm ready to work, but y'all ain't.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's
2: what type of time Pac was on. He was yelling. He refused to come out of his trailer once because they wouldn't take the, the doors off the Range Rover. And he said, motherfucker, like, real niggas don't have doors on their Range Rover. This shit ain't authentic. If you want it to be authentic, be authentic. But he's hilarious. Yeah, he a creative arts nigga. He a performing arts, For sure. arts Like I know we people know him as Thug Life and Pac and Death Row, but my man's went to, he is trained. He's a thespian. For mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, for sure. To yep. the point where Malika Wilkins told a story. It was the scene when Birdie gets shot. And they were setting that up. And the prop director put a drink on the table when he was at the club. And Tupac said, yo, I need a bottle. He said, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of movement going on. Uh, once you get shot chaotic, it might spill over. He said, listen, Birdie just lost his best friend. He's not going to be in here just having drink by drink. This mm-hmm. nigga's going to take a whole bottle, especially at his club, and have it at the table. So small stuff like that yep. is what Pac was bringing to his character, and I thought that stuff was just brilliant.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I uh, I just want to add on, too, that every Pac film that we've done on this, on this show, and it, it, that Pac has ever done, period, always has a message or another element to it it's deeper than what you know than uh what they say then the surface you know then what's on surface man pocket is always playing a deep ass character man he's just he was dope as an actor and a performer so it really was I, um, It always hurts my feelings uh how i feel um rich knows how i feel about biggie and uh, a big what if in my life is biggie smalls like what could have been and i feel that way about pock and his acting like i see him on
2: film and i just be like dang
0: for sure
2: david bailey who played the coach he told Mm -hmm. barry michael cooper that he's (laughs) and and, yo this is like the highest praise you can get he said Pac reminded me of marlon brando that's insane the way he works and the way he can add to a character he's like people were pretty much anybody who worked with him said this guy is going to win an Academy Award mm-hmm. once he since he's in the thug life. He kind of got typecast mm-hmm. out of his six roles were pretty much thugs or drug dealers. Yeah. Um, but they were all saying once he's able to show range, like everybody's going to see he is something like they. I mean, I think Alan Hughes, one of the Hughes brothers, had said Denzel has to pass that torch to somebody. And we all thought it was going to be pop. Dang like That's how good and talented Pac was as an actor. But nobody even got to see the range of it because of the roles that he had and obviously his right. own talent. So, yeah, man. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Ray P.
0: Yes.
2: Do you remember your first
0: time watching this? Um, I believe my first time watching it was at my cousin's house. Again, obviously not something we saw in the theaters, but they had it on VHS and... You know, we watched.
3: <laughs> now,
1: school, what about you? Uh, no, I don't. This is one of those movies kind of like Friday where I've seen it so much and so many times that I just mm-hmm. I can blend all this shit together. Like I I could have seen it first time at your spot at 8585. Like
2: don't I psh, please. <laughs> no, nah, I feel you on that. I have no idea the first time I saw um, Above the Rim, but I'm weak because I remember the first time I saw Friday.
0: OK, that's yeah. Probably crazy.
2: Yeah, I absolutely remember the first time I saw Friday, uh, which is crazy, but no idea with the above the rim. It could have been anywhere. 1480. I'm now. Nah, I'm pretty sure this was 80. I don't even know if this is 8585. I don't know where I saw this movie. Yeah. But everybody's seen it. I got it on DVD. Yeah. Man. Oh, you DVD. better. DVD yeah. collection is still strong. Yes, it um, is. At the right way. Yeah, there we go. Above the rim. Classic cover, by the way. Classic. Classic cover, by the way. Um, I still think Thin Line Between Love and Hate is probably the GOATE movie poster of all time. Mm-hmm. Or up there in the conversation, but above the room, that's when I would have hanging up in the crib. If only the movie was as good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh Thin Line Between Love and Hate is one of my favorite episodes that we've done, y'all. Yeah, y'all
0: are some haters. That
2: shit is amazing. <laughs> I, I like that, y'all. hey, whoa, whoa, that's cool, man. Don't be doing that to me. Hey, that's, that's what's cool. cool. Okay. Y'all, y'all women that love that shit because y'all be thinking about that shit in real life. Y'all be
0: well,
2: Oh, brandy.
0: It is in fact the thin line between love and hate. <laughs> it
2: is the <laughs> fact. Um, is this Tupac's best role? No.
0: What would you put above it? Uh juice. Okay.
2: That's just this is my favorite Tupac role, but I do think Bishop was his best role. Yeah.
0: I might agree with that.
2: This would have been... Give me two more scenes with Birdie in this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm easily calling this one it. Yeah. Um,
0: I would be very interested in what's on the cutting room floor.
2: Dang. 100%. Because every every
1: scene with him and Leon, you stop what you're doing to watch. Every time, like I don't give a fuck what you in the middle of doing. Yeah. When them two get on screen together, you watching.
2: Yeah, gravesite scene is my favorite scene in the movie. Yep, yep, agreed. What you smiling about, Ray P?
0: It's a top scene. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's definitely. I, I can't lie, that's not my favorite scene,
2: but it's no. It's two. It's two. It's
0: it's in there.
2: I think it's one of mine. Well, shit, we talking about that's it, Ray P. 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 Let's get let's get into it. Yeah. Let's what get into your first scene.
0: Um, For me, it's the opening basketball game just because it's the introductory or introduction to everybody. We're seeing who Kyle is as a player. We see that he's selfish. Um, We see Shep serious about his work but also stands offish a bit. We see his caring mother, single, you know, the coach has an interest beyond basketball in Kyle's life. Um, We meet Boog or Marlon Wayne's. So I just like the setup because it really lets us know who everyone is. And maybe you may have some questionable things, but the intro really sets everyone up nicely.
2: Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. I agree to that. I love that. I also love that I don't know, high school basketball, high school sports are just I don't know if it's every state, um, but definitely in Ohio. Just going to the game on a Friday night. It, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely not uncommon to if you went to a city game, you know yeah. what I mean. Not all all games, but if you went to a city game, you're definitely seeing Birdie and his crew in there for
3: you're, sure. You're
2: seeing the recruits, the crowds, hype, a lot of shit talking, cheerleaders talking shit. It just had a different atmosphere to it. So I thought that for was sure. pretty, thought that was pretty dope. Um, school, what you got? Uh, shit. The scene we were just talking
1: about, Birdie and uh, Birdie and Shep. Um, Because it goes to what you were saying, Rachel, about just everyone being introduced. And when you see Birdie see Shep at the game, we don't know if you, you know, first view, you don't know the connection there. But when you finally get that connection and they're at at mom's graveyard, I love the fact how Shep is so, not Shep, I'm sorry, um, how Birdie is so vulnerable with Shep. Like, you know, he genuinely loves this man. He hugs him. I'm so glad you home. How long you been here? You know, he tell him I've been home a couple weeks. He doesn't even get upset. That would upset me, bro. If you came home for two weeks and you ain't talked to me, bro, I'd be sorry. Like, what? You have been home for two weeks? But he, he let it pass. I'd made it three yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: Let them know, like, yo, I know you don't know this, but I'm the man now. Like, I'm running this shit now. And I want to include you on, you know, on everything that's, you know, going on around here. And Shep went it. Shep went forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ray P, you want to add to that?
0: I thought uh, Leon and Tupac as brothers has some really good casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely look like they could be siblings or at least close cousins. Um, That's one of my scenes too, uh, school. but it's a little bit further down uh, for me, but just really powerful. Um, And I made a note in my random section about there is like an existential crisis because here Shep is the big brother to Birdie, but he left, you know, when Nutso died, he pretty much abandoned the city and he that left birdie and their mother to fend for themselves yep. and you know drugs are bad destroying mm. the community but also like we're starving mm. we're in poverty and it's such a a sophie's choice type thing you know what i'm saying like what am i doing i'm destroying the community but also i have to fucking eat
3: you you, uh,
0: think you know what I- sorry
1: you know what I love too about this scene, and it goes back to the Crooklyn episode. They were laughing at me when I was dropping them food stamps. Like mm-hmm. that was a that was a real thing back in those days. Like you know, I I don't know about now about food stamps, but it seems to not be that big of a deal. But, but back sure, in those days.
0: It's on the uh, car. That just
1: look like a regular car. Yeah, yeah, So you don't, don't even know, know really. for real. You're not even paying attention. But back in the day, for the for the younger the younger folks, it used to be like money. It, it
3: yeah,
1: was looking money like Monopoly money. That's what food stamps look like, and people would get made fun of, and Bertie was in there getting made fun of just like <laughs> just like in Brooklyn, man. He won with it.
2: Had to come okay. up. I'm gonna piggyback you back off what Rachel was saying. I told y'all this is my favorite scene, and the reason is because it it. It gave Birdie a heart. Yeah. You know, not a lot of films give the quote unquote villain or the bad brother um, an origin story to the sense of you can really sit down and understand. And they did it a few times in this film. There was another scene later uh, when they were at the park, um, you know, and they saw the other set of brothers playing and just kind of had that moment of what could have been or what used to be. Yeah. But it's specifically, like you said, it's the reveal where we find out they're brothers and birdie laying it out as far because it would have been different if he was just on some thug shit or some fuck you shit off rip mm-hmm. and that's why i said it gives him heart he was excited like you said at school to see his brother my yeah, big buddy. bro was back mm-hmm. you was that nigga before you left i'm that nigga now mm-hmm. side by side we gonna he had expectations yep you know what i mean because it, it sounds like he was a wanderer like they never knew if chef was when he was gonna come back if he was gonna come back none of that Sounds like he didn't even make... Well, he said he came back to bury his mother, so I guess he made the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just in and out. And no lights, no electricity, no food. Like you said, Rachel, what, what you expect me to do? Yeah. Right. Nobody's handing me anything. Nobody's handing me any kind of opportunity. I'm not going to sit around and watch my mama live like this. Yep. Yeah. So regardless, you eloquently put, drugs are bad. Yeah. However, I got to
0: eat. Yeah, all money ain't good money. Like I recognize that, but also, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, have- and it's one of those, and it's one of those American gangster moments. You know, if, when 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 Ruby Dee's character, you know, Frank Lucas's mom, said, "If you would have grown up to be a doctor, your brothers would have been doctors.
3: Mm-hmm. If Shep
2: would have stayed around, for sure, led away or showed a different path, we saw that Bertie adored him. I remember watching you and Nutso so out here for hours. Yeah, he his brother's steps, you know, Shep leaving it kind of put some shit on him. For yeah, sure. I understand why Birdie is the way he is. So, sure. the fact that they laid that out, I thought it was just beautiful. Yes, I like that. The resentment, the resentment was much uh, needed, and, and we felt it for sure. And I'm sorry, one more thing, and I don't know how I missed this, but shout out to Goodfellas. I don't shine shoes no more. You've been you've been <laughs> away for a while. You must not have heard. I don't shine shoes, don't no, shine more. shoes no more. no more. I don't know who you think you're talking to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I ain't nuts. So. I ain't that dope head on the roof. None of that. Like, yeah, I'm the man now, motherfucker. I'm the one.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Like, shout out to that whole scene. I felt that because it's a change in the guard. Like, nice. and, I, and I'm low key mad at you because you left us for all these years. I got some resentment sure. already built up.
0: For sure. And rightfully, so. mm-hmm. and rightfully
2: so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So, I just got off my soapbox about why that's my favorite scene. But Ray P, it's on you.
0: Okay, yep. I'm going to go to us meeting Flip.
2: Okay.
0: Number one, Bernie Mac is Bernie Mac. Man. So there's nothing that he can't do. There's no role that he cannot play, could not play, you know? Mm-hmm. So meeting him, seeing Kyle and Boog, you know, being assholes, like I hated Kyle.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And it was very... Interesting to see him being influenced by Bug because I don't think that he would have antagonized Flip the way that he did because he and Flip were cool. Like I know you a bump, you're unhoused, but there was I think prior to Bug being there some sort of level of respect. He and Flip probably was fucking with him a little bit, you know, but I didn't think that. Kyle would be antagonistic to him in the way in which he was you know mm-hmm. um, and that was because he was trying to play up to Bug and we know that obviously they were childhood friends uh, Mama Watson really wasn't fucking with him because she knew who he was you know so you letting this nigga fresh out of jail because you want to seem cool he's putting you on with Birdie you, that ain't the influence you should have so I just like <laughs> that just because again Bernie Mack is a star and
1: yes, he is.
0: Our introduction to him and he and Shep embracing once he came on the scene. It was so powerful because you know, we get into these ageism wars. It can be serious in the pot. We get-, <laughs> nah,
3: get into it. Get into it.
0: <laughs> but people don't know, like uh the comedian Mel, she made a comment like drive-by graduation. Every time a millennial says something, drive-by graduation, Twitter, start calling us grannies, you know? Right, right. (laughs) I felt like that. It immediately reminded me of that moment when I was watching because here it is, this young generation, even though they're from there, they had no idea who Tom Shepard was, Mm -hmm. even if he wasn't recognizable to them. So the fact, and I know that now we're in the Google information situation, but think how long it took Kyle to try to find out who Shep was, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas now we're like, who the fuck is that nigga?
2: Right.
3: Mm -hmm. Because
0: he was somebody that even though Flip was a homeless person, very clearly revered and respected. And you probably knew Flip won that championship. You know what I'm saying? Like if he used to be at the court, that was his comfort place where he would be at. Obviously, basketball is something that holds meaning to him.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Can I say something to that point? For sure. When Bernie Mac grabbed that ball from Kyle and started dribbling, Mm -hmm. you could tell Flip hooped.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: I said it it earlier. Like they they, Hoopers move a certain way. And just the way he dribbled, it was 100% believable that 20 years ago, he was a part of a championship team Mm -hmm. at a local school. Mm-hmm. yeah like 100% believable and just fell on hard times mm-hmm. you know former athlete all that stuff but I, I i love the fact that you said that because yeah, yeah. flip could absolutely that was his thing that was his comfort place and like you said the fact they sleep in there by the yep that's a hooper thing like i, yeah. I had the ball in my crib like all types mm-hmm. of shit yeah they
1: mm-hmm.
2: all his life <laughs> yeah I was, I was just about to say that i was about to say he's sleeping at the park and there's a reason for that
1: <laughs> comfort
3: mm-hmm. comfort mm-hmm
2: hmm yeah. And going to your point, Rachel, that even leads into Shep showing up and actually getting, you know, yeah. making sure Flip is cool, getting them niggas mm-hmm. off of him. Mm-hmm. I love how Kyle tried to step to him. He just looked down like that's what I thought.
3: Yeah, a little nigga.
2: you a little nigga. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen Not... you. I've seen a million of you come through my day. Yeah, exactly sure. So, yeah. School, what's your next scene? Uh, The
1: good old manipulation scene from our good guy, Birdie, man. Birdie took Kyle um, and introduced him to some things he's never seen before,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, specifically women, money, power, all that good stuff, man um, everything that I guess what what he told his coach essentially this is more this is uh more it's about more than basketball, excuse me um, and that's what it was for him at seventeen, maybe 18. I mean, what else did you expect that man to be about besides, you know, getting one off and shooting these hoops? And Bertie knew that and he took advantage. For sure. He, he had it set up for <laughs> when he walked in and seen no girl. Like, oh, I'd like to have her. He said, say something to her, man. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, tell her tell her what you want. Tell tell her I sent you. <laughs> like, right. Yo, Bertie was a dog, man. He, he knew exactly what to do because he was there. He's been there. You know, he knew what ballplayers liked. His his brother was one of the best of of the neighborhood. Shit. So he knew what to do.
2: Yeah, man, Birdie, Birdie is Kyle. He's the closest person to Kyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I grew up by myself with my mom, too. I know exactly the feeling. There's a scene in the kitchen where Kyle and his mom, I know exactly that feeling and that passion of mm-hmm. making sure you don't have to do this. You don't have to work. You don't have to go through any struggle anymore. Yeah. So, Bertie knew exactly how to entice Kyle. Looking back, it's funny, 17, 18, like you said, how big the club scene was when you were that age. Yeah. And the club is like everything. And well, <laughs> I'm so far removed from that life. But I remember just that was such a big deal, yeah, leaving man. the crib at 10 o'clock, 10, 30, 11. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now I'm getting home by 10 o'clock.
3: Maybe yeah. The latest.
2: Day party, <laughs> yeah, day party all day. <laughs> So yeah, he knew exactly what to do. And Birdie's club was popping. Yeah, it was. Only clubs, only clubs more rocking than that was Ray's Boom Boom Room Um and The Dirty <laughs> D on 2 um, yeah, Them the only that two, two clubs that's rocking the same as Birdies, man. So yeah, he put on that charm. And two birdie Tupac, however you want to word it, had yep. that charm that mm-hmm. just knew exactly what hey, come on man. You embarrassing me. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, for him to be a hardcore stone cold drug dealer/slash killer old you know, mm-hmm. you know, man got the buck fifty on his face with the bandanas mm-hmm. every scene. He made you feel comfortable like a big brother. Yeah.
0: I you know, wonder how far apart, how far apart in age they really were.
2: I I would love to. Well, so Jeff Pollock, as I said earlier, he thought Leon was too young to play the mm-hmm. role, and Leon had to tell him like, "I just want to remind you, I am an actor. Right. If I need to play up. I'll play up. Yeah. Um, but that made me think." Like damn, if you think Leon's too young, then how old is this supposed to be? Well, maybe they, Shep was seventeen and Birdie was eight, maybe a nine year gap, something like that. I don't know.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm I'm very curious too because
1: I looked at the mom's headstone and she was only like forty five.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I I did add that up but I can't remember. So yeah, so I'm yeah. like, how old are they really? You know, so I took Birdie as. Not not too far out of high school, so
0: yeah. That's what I thought too. Maybe 21, maybe, yeah.
2: yeah. He got a club, so I'm gonna call him he 21, 21. 21.
0: Yeah. 22
2: at the old, somewhere around that. Age. Mm-hmm. Maybe Shep in his early to mid 30s, yeah. Got so had
1: them probably at 16, 17, somewhere there. Mm-hmm. Young mom, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, man. And it's funny, had the whole time Kyle was so pressed to get recruited by Georgetown. Birdie smooth-ass, recruiting them the whole time. Yeah, This is a real recruitment. What you expect and what you want to do in real life, I'm giving this to you right now. Yeah, every reason why you need to be running with my squad. So that was was a nice tie-in. Ray P, what you got next for your scene?
0: So I have two that I'm going to say, but the first one is just like a little note. The first... Um, cafe scene where the waitress is trying to get at Shep just uh, yeah. because I was like this is where Alicia Keys got that shit from <laughs> <laughs> this is the first you don't know my name just because she was so pressed and then we see the start of uh Shep and Mom's relationship budding or at least something that could turn into a relationship mm-hmm. so the next scene that I actually really really want to talk about is the car scene with Bud, Kyle and Mo. That's my, that's, that's my favorite. That's your favorite scene?
2: That's your favorite Okay.
0: <laughs> it's nothing like, again, I'm assuming that Mo is the most' age or older. So it's nothing like two young ass kids in the back <laughs> geeking, being extra. You trying to take care of business, yep. but they're just fucking kids. Mm-hmm. Having fun, not really, or at least Kyle, because Boog knew what was up but not really knowing what the fuck you're getting yourself into. The naivete of that, of adolescence, you know, and being out the way because, shit, Malika kept, as best she could, kept Kyle away from the fray. So Mm -hmm. he still was very green, which is why he didn't know that Birdie was coming, you know? Yes. Uh, And who he was involved with. So I just love that scene because we knew the background. Now, Wood already wasn't fucked, or not Wood. Mo already wasn't fucking with Kyle because he was jealous of the whole this young basketball star taking my place on my team, yep. taking my place as the apple of Birdie's eye, the new shiny thing. You know, mm-hmm. so I just love that shit because annoying.
3: You you, <laughs>
1: you you have all that and you mix in Boog uh, mm-hmm. as a fucking idiot because this this yeah. This, yeah. Uh, Boog is perfect. Like he's Marlon Wayans is excellent in this role because he's he's exactly what you need for that comic re, comedy relief. Um they leaned on him a lot in this movie and he 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 did his thing. Um and my favorite scene is when that's part of my favorite scene is when he's telling him like you you know you need a role model, bro. Like and that was the that was the part where Wood Harris broke character. Like the whole yeah. scene he was tough He wasn't playing around. You niggas need to be soldiers. Mm -hmm. You can't be playing around all the damn time. And when he got out and slapped them niggas up and pistol whipped them and took their money and he got back in the car, Boog was like, yo, you need a role model. And you can see Wood Harris kind of break character a little bit. Like, this nigga's a fool, bro.
0: Yeah, and a hug. Shout out to Marlon. Hey, Hey. and a hug. I'm sure that that was an ad-lib.
2: Yeah, he used to to say that to Tupac. Mm -hmm. He, He was going through all this shit on set because Marlon... People probably know it's, it's common knowledge at this point that him and Omar Epps are best friends. They went to high school together, so he actually mm-hmm. met Tupac on the set of Juice. Juice. Yeah, like Omar yeah. Epps was doing that, and when uh, Tupac was having all his legal troubles throughout the filming of this, he used to tell Tupac, "Yo, you need to take that tea off your stomach and just have to have to say hug life." <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that he just took that into it, and that's just the brilliance of yeah, yeah. Wayne's last. Wayne's is his last name, so yes. Cool. What more can we say? Yeah. I-, I just want to. Add one quick thing that I don't know if everybody remembers that time when, and I don't know if anybody's even not even everybody's going through this, but meeting someone and you know they're gonna do exactly what they say. Yeah, like this nigga would bury the both of them. Like Motel right. would not playing no games with nobody. Yeah. And as a young kid, as a 17, 18 year old, that type of shit really makes you check your company. Mm-hmm and realize what type of life you want to live. For
3: sure.
2: You know what I mean? So I, I love that moment, like you said, too, the fact that they just illustrated Grown Man Business. It's Grown Man Business. My aunt and, um, and Big Boy's character in ATL. <laughs>
1: yes, it's Grown Man
2: Business. <laughs> I swear, niggas always call him Big Boy. We, we never call him by his character name. Um, but yeah, that's just how it was. So, yeah, because
1: it, it, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what it was. Grown Man Business. And... Right. And they was playing around too much. And your
2: man, your man's wasn't happening. <laughs> For
0: Ray, sure.
2: Ray P, what you got next? Or was that it's, you?
0: Yeah, that was me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. School, who you
2: got? It's on me?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Go ahead, Rich. Go. I,
0: oh, I'll go. Um, <laughs> Kyle and his mom arguing about Shep. After the game. Before the game and then okay. after the game. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I guess we can combine those two scenes. Absolutely. We can do just it. Just because you know how y'all mothers, mama's boys are.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Dude, she ain't lying. She ain't lying. <laughs> but you know, Kyle was so distracted. And it, it's selfish because here it is, your mother has a chance to be happy, but you know, you're the only man in her life since your father's passing. You are the most important thing to her. And here she is having a bit of something for herself and you can't handle it. And I know maybe some of that is because Chef literally was Son of Him <sighs> throughout the film, throughout all of their interactions uh, mm-hmm. with as to which he needed that. Mm-hmm even he didn't Kyle didn't respect his coach not for real for real you know what i'm saying so chef was the first kind of adult authority male figure who wasn't buying into his bullshit because he was a star yeah so all of that so at that game the rematch between the intro team and now who they're playing their rematch um Kyle was out of it. He wasn't focused. He wasn't paying attention. And thus there were scouts in the crowd and he's fucking up. And so he throws a tantrum. He's throwing chairs and shit. Like nigga, get to the back. He's hollering and fussing at the security guard who he's known probably his whole life and definitely throughout his high school career. And he knows he's fucked up at this point. So you have that moment where you're no longer mad at everybody else. And now you're mad at yourself. And the weight of that is beginning to sit on top of his chest. Mm -hmm. And then now here comes this nigga ship, Like, nigga, you know I'm not fucking with you. Why are you here? Why is she here, Ike? But,
3: uh...
0: And so he gets out of character. You know, he's yelling at his mom. Like, that just... It was a really intense and powerful scene. Yeah. For everybody, because I really think Dwayne Martin should have had a bigger career, but that scene in and of itself, I think, stretched him Mm
2: -hmm.
0: more than any other scene throughout the movie.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. You know what? I wish. Man, if I was playing against Kyle, Mm -hmm. if I was playing against Kyle. I'd have been, been on some Anthony Edwards hustle. Uh, what's that movie on Netflix with Adam Sandler? Is it Hustle?
0: I think it's Hustle. Yeah, yeah.
2: Been on, I would have been on some Anthony Edwards shit in that. I would have, I would have peeped him, keep looking at the stands, and I'd have leaned um, over to that nigga and said, "Yo, that's the new nigga fucking your mom's." That's yeah. Concerned about that? Like I would have been, I would have been in his head so bad he would have swung on me on the court. Yeah, you would have got
0: your ass whooped
2: too. Nah, it would have
0: been a real fisticuff.
2: Nah. But I definitely would have leaned. I, and I said, damn, man, your mom's fine, too. I would have been fucking yeah, with the good. guy who kicked out of that game. Mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. And he definitely wouldn't have my ass at all. <laughs> Double down on that. Um But, yeah, I, I love that. I love that scene, too, Rachel. I'm glad yeah. that you mentioned that. And we talked about him getting out of character. We saw that earlier in the film, that first time he we see them interact and just mm-hmm. how he was out all night and just even raising his voice. Yeah, There's something yeah. about that age once again where you just start feeling yourself. And, yeah, you know, I don't and I don't even think it was a mom thing. I think it's an age thing. I think if it was yeah. a dad, he would have said the same. Like it's kind of buck up. Like I'm a yeah. man now. Like let me do my thing. Definitely, a, definitely an age thing and getting away
1: with a lot of shit. Mom's working these crazy hours. She know he came in at one, but ain't nothing she can really. What she she gonna do? Yeah, like he's smelling himself, and he he's going to the NBA. Like he he is going to be your future and someone you depend on a little bit. So, hey, um, what you got, school? My next scene is Birdie again, bro. Um, The scene where he's handing out his jerseys for their for the tournament, Mm -hmm. and Bud comes in late. Oh shit! I ain't know he's having a little meet. Why ain't nobody call me? Let me know. Like, yeah, where my jersey at? And Birdie flips. Like, tell me this is a joke. T- tell me this is a joke. And your boy gives in. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. That's how. That's how crazy Birdie, is or was. Mm-hmm. Like, he could, he could turn it on. He can manipulate you. He can make you believe you're his best friend, and in a matter of five seconds. Flip yes. it all on you. Get the fuck out my face. Get the fuck out. Beat it. I mean that shit. Pushed him down. Disrespected him. It's the reason why the movie ended the way it ended. Like, you get, sure. you gotta see that man.
0: <laughs> For sure. After so much disrespect.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the final the final disrespect, I mean, is when he, you know, Kyle gave up on the team and he told everybody, like, if you even talk to Bug, like, you, you done. Yeah. <laughs> like,
3: man, he, geez,
1: he, put a,
2: he put a price on that man's head, basically. Like... That's great. Nate. I didn't like the way he treated Boog throughout the film at all. Um, mm-hmm. but Rachel made a great point earlier to show these are kids, these are children. What yeah. is he gonna do? Like what is Boog gonna do? Like that. He boy. said it, you know? So he he 100%. knew what it was. Yeah, yeah, he knew what it was. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Ray P you got
0: something? Um, my last scene is honestly the shootout game, just because it was the shootout scene, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> and we see Tom Shepard come back after all the teams have been completely obliterated by the bourbon. So nice teamwork from them, and then obviously the end we see Mo get them niggas. You know, come out with his gun <laughs> and shoot Tom or me classic, yeah. classic, classic. Um, I just I think- love that just because, you know, the athleticism you talked at our opening about how they all actually were Hoopers. So we got mm-hmm. to see that, you know, on a larger scale than the one-on-ones and just shooting in the gym. So I like that. Chef yeah.
1: mm-hmm. was killing them on that pick and roll at the middle of the, 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 middle of the court, man. Yeah. <laughs> In the long
2: johns. You feel hey. them? <laughs> Cooking them niggas. You hear me? <laughs> Stupid. That's, that's how you know Shep was a hooper because there was multiple scenes. The scene where he played Kyle one-on-one, this nigga had his jacket on. He had his jacket on. He
0: wasn't to be fucked
2: with. Mm-hmm. I barely like hooping with long sleeves. Hey. Let alone kidding. out here in corduroys in a jacket. Flip. <laughs> Flip. Flip was this close to beating Kyle. Listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flip went, yeah. Kyle, yeah. Flip went. Uh... <laughs> He wasn't no slouch, but that lets you also know that Shep was that nigga. For mm-hmm. sure. You know what I mean? Not, sure. I, I mentioned the scene where he played Kyle one-on-one, but really the shootout. He came in fresh off the bench and dropped 40 yeah. on these niggas. Yeah. You know, and, and that scene is always funny. People's pointed people have pointed out the some of the editing. I think you have a player who catches the rebound, throws the out and then catches it on the mm-hmm. other end and dunks it. Yeah. I think,
1: I think also that. The the scene where Shep is entered into the tournament is where you like it's a movie. You could tell like this is a movie. Like him stopping, uh, him being in the taxi and having that flashback, or seeing those players play, and then all of a sudden he's like it was just a lot for him to pop up, you know, and and for the coach to put him down, you know, at the very beginning, like it's just a lot of movie shit.
0: Yeah, well, he put him down as a coach. Oh, okay hmm yeah. at the beginning I want to say that there was or let me know how you all interpreted it did you feel like even though Birdie was pissed because he knew that chef was about to come in and kill did you also feel like there was a little modicum of adoration because again it's like damn I haven't seen my brother hoop in so long. So Absolutely. yeah, I'm mad as fuck. Not at the beginning, but just ask Jeff once he gets into his groove. Like, did you at all ever feel like it was a couple of times where he was watching, like, damn, this nigga's dope? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> a Absolutely. Big brother, even though listen, he ain't.
1: I am 34 years old and I watch LeBron James a lot. And mm-hmm. I still have those moments where LeBron does something. He'll come down and hit three threes in a row or three just crazy shots, and you just like, Goodness gracious, this nigga's different. Yeah. Like that's what Shep was doing. Like Shep was just for on.
3: Sure.
1: Me. He got a hey, few
2: bounces too, but it's okay. I think Bertie, I think Barty was like, fuck that nigga.
0: <laughs> I feel like I mean he was actively recruiting for him or advocating for him to get fucked up. So yeah, and I don't think
1: I, do you think that Birdie knew that Shep was an option? Do you think he was No, try? no, no not he all. had no
0: idea. <laughs>
2: yeah, not at all. He said he's not
0: on the roster. He was yeah. not on the roster at the first. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. I just think that as hard pressed as Birdie was to win this tournament, and what the extent that he was willing to go to mess up Kyle's future, mm-hmm. uh, to pay people, you know, to to make sure that he had mota out there. Clubbing niggas pretty much. Yeah. Um, he did not want to. I don't think there was any admiration. I think there was a little bit of respect as far as his skills.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: One of those, this motherfucker, it's like some people are just better. Yeah. And that's just what it is. You know, you just go against them and you're going to compete because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. But you got this motherfucker and you, mm-hmm. it's not an upset thing. And it's not, a, it's, it's just a weird, this motherfucker just got me. Yeah. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I think there was a little bit of that, but. Yeah, he went fucking with him. Said multiple get the strap. Facts. Shit, wow, man. It, that shit remind me of hoop it up. Um, oh so like man, anybody back in the day. You're if you hoop were hoop it up
3: legend,
1: if niggas don't know, I'm gonna go ahead and confirm it. This nigga right here in the corner right there, that nigga's a hoop it up legend,
2: bro. My, I I ain't I appreciate that. Daddy I ain't Daddy that Mills, man. when it was forced fair. <laughs> yeah, man. <Jeez>. I, ain't, <laughs> I ain't gonna say all that, but I will say I see. I participated in my fair amount of uh, hoop it up. Shout out to my nigga, good. Yeah, yeah. the Goody Studios okay. right now, man. Yeah, Goody was uh, on every team I was on. Yeah, we definitely used to get it in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We still get it in, man. We hope every Sunday. But, got
1: some, you guys, a couple of
2: Hoop It Up trophies
1: somewhere.
2: Yeah, I do. I have no idea where they are, but they somewhere um in storage or some shit. Uh, I think that's... that's cool. Did you have any other scenes that you wanted to talk about? No. No. Um, I'm trying to see if I go through mine, if there was anything... That's pretty much it. I think the way it ended was perfect. Yeah. And Birdie and Shep on the part, I, I told y'all that as well. Just, But I mentioned it because it's just that imagery of everybody else there. Mm. Um, For sure. Best quotes. Ray P, you got anything?
0: Yes. Very quickly. Okay. <laughs> man, your dick like a, man, your dick look like an anteater. eater. Because it just reminded me, the first time I saw an uncut gym, I was like, oh.
2: Yo, you What's wild your- for uncut gym. What the <laughs> fuck, Rachel? I ain't even, I What the fuck is going on? Uncut Jim Ray, what
0: the <laughs> fuck, yo? <laughs> um, when Barney said, boy, you a pussy without the hair. Hey, oh. totally. The bush was still very much in mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when Boog was like, go stop some traffic with them yellow eyes. <laughs> Cause again, the Wayne's comedic timing is perfect. Perfect. Um, don't waste your time, sis. This is Alicia Keys <laughs> mm-hmm. foremother in the cafe. Don't waste your time, sis. It may look sweet, mm-hmm. but it's gone sour and <laughs> period. Um <laughs> you got rid of those nut huggers. What you was on your way to Bible study was Kyle to uh to chef. And again, we've already said it. Nigga, you need a, a role model or a hug or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll see you later, you Sherm smoking motherfucker. Just because yeah. that nigga said <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. Hey, right you ran <laughs> through all my quotes. <laughs> all right. uh,
1: the, only, the only one that uh I have that you didn't have is is we talked about it anyway, is <laughs> It's always gonna be some bullshit after a nigga say, Let me tell you something. Right. <laughs> a nigga say, Let me tell you something. I don't care what birdie say I'll be both you motherfuckers. For sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And he That's meant that shit. Yeah, he That's meant that shit. Quote. That's a classic quote. I've already said mine also in the gravesite scene You ain't the motherfucking man no more. I'm the one.
3: Yeah. Something
2: about that, I'm the one is I'm yeah. He, one. Like, he said that shit. Um Same silly. I think we have some strong candidates here. Yeah.
0: Okay. I have Marlon Wayans as Boog. And I have Bernie Mac as Birdie. I mean, let's flip. As flip.
2: I'm going to make you choose one. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can't make Ray P do shit. I'm going to ask Ray P to choose one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um,
2: <laughs> I weaken myself.
0: What if I can't? Let me hear y'all's first, and then I'll I'll decide.
2: Cool. Who you got? Who I got
0: matter. I got
1: Bernie Mac's flip.
0: I okay. just
1: I just think that, especially for the time um, of what of what he was known for, this is mm-hmm. the very first time he just he came out and let people know he can act. Yeah, um, he definitely did his comedic thing, um, like you would expect. But when it came to like being serious, you know, um, looking Shep in his eyes, they'll never, uh, what he say? Uh, we won't forget, or they can't erase yeah. us. Can't what we were, yes, yes, that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he showed up and showed out for me. So,
2: Bernie, hi, right, Bernie, Magus, Flip, Wood Harris is Motaw, Marlon Wayans is uh, Bugaloo in that order. No. Please, no. You said what?
0: If I got to choose, you got to choose.
2: Yeah, um, no, in that order. That's it's Bernie Mac is flip And, and okay. yeah. um mainly because everything school just said, and I don't know, it's like the perfect candidate. Not a ton of scenes. Yeah. Every scene he's in, he says something memorable.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: can't really take your eyes off of him. And you genuinely care that he got killed. Yeah, for sure. You genuinely care he got killed. Like you mm-hmm. were upset that that happened to him. hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So he's he's he wins it for me. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm a dare to be different and just go with, with Marlon. Just okay. but but okay. for real for real, it might be it might be
2: foot. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> I I'm not mad at it. Things that bother you?
0: Nothing really, other than Kyle being too cocky. He's too annoying.
2: Typical yeah. He oh.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's what that's why you need a chef.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: I saw you missed right. that jumper, nigga. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Look them wrists. School, what about you?
1: Nope. I don't have anything besides the, you know, the edits we talked about. Like, but that's just something we can't
2: can't help that. I got a couple of things. Okay. okay. All right. Listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Why the fuck <laughs> is there a hoop on the roof? Oh yeah. Oh. And why the fuck is the backboard so slim, flimsy that you can slap it? I've slapped a lot of backboards in my day. Mm-hmm. Not one of them was even close to breaking or me falling through.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: So I got that on there.
0: Pause. I have played, it's not in the things that bother me, which is where it should have been, but it's just in like my little random thoughts. Playing basketball on a roof is nuts.
1: That's insane. That so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. It's insane. Sorry.
2: Nah, that, that part, um, there's a mention when coaches and, and flip are talking and I like that scene as well. When he says you owe him something I'm like, yo, you got to give back. Let me say this. I meant to say it earlier. Um, Every black man needs an OG for That's sure. A, and, if you're, and, and, and if you are if you are qualified, mm-hmm. every black man should be an OG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching this film yesterday, I hit up my youngin. You know what I'm okay. saying? He got to be a freshman in high school. I've coached him for some years. And I just, you know, we just kind of grew a bond. So I actually hit him up. I hit his moms up, you know what I'm saying, just so people don't think I'm weird. <laughs> I mm-hmm. talk to his mom all types of shit, but he's like my, like, little like mentee, little brother, little nephew. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. This movie made me, like, just hit him up. Like, yo, you good? Like, everything cool? Like, how's football going? Like, all right. Um, because there's so many instances that depict choices and the choices you make and how that influences. And I talked about Shep and Birdie and understanding why birdie is the way he is because his brother did leave and he didn't have that mentor For sure. so um dang, i don't even know where i was going on that rant about having an og about things everybody about
3: needs one.
2: yeah everybody just needs one mm-hmm. but number 23 being biggest shit in high school the dude on Kyle scene that shit bothered mm-hmm. me um and the taking a piss scene was very very weird barry michael cooper made a point of saying he made a point of saying, "I did not write this. I'm a writer on this film. I did not mm-hmm. write this scene. I thought this scene was weird. I don't know why they put it in there. Yeah,
0: it was unnecessary.
2: It was just unnecessary and just kind of weird. But I don't know. That's that Bel Air shit, I guess. I don't know. It was just a different. I don't know. It just didn't make sense. It, it just. Yeah. It, I'm not even talking about the action because if let's say they was just, it just didn't make sense. Like why is this in the movie? You mm-hmm. know what I mean. If you do that, have it in the lock. Have a locker room scene if you want to do that.
0: Right. I, well,
2: they. they they did, and I'm not defending the
1: scene, but they tried to make it make sense. His mom was on his ass, so he didn't use the bathroom at home, blah, 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 blah. My like, oh, nigga. I, I'm I with you. To,
3: I'm...
2: Bruh, back up. That part,
0: but he did just get out of jail.
2: I mean, it could be. Listen, it's Marlon Wayne's, bruh. Like, he always been that guy, so I ain't shocked. Yeah, I'm not even talking. The scene it just doesn't make sense from a story aspect. It just didn't add anything to the film. Yeah, um, and I'm glad that Barry Michael Cooper, not because of the nature of the scene, but just because from that standpoint, I just didn't get it. I didn't get where where it was supposed to be going. He also mentioned the uh, the bunk scene, like he was like, "Bunks was just a weird thing to me, but I knew it was real. Yeah, I knew it was real, and it really happened in the streets. So, um, but he didn't write those scenes either. Got it. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And I don't like Birdie getting shot at the end in the, in that manner.
0: You don't?
2: No, let me let me say, in that manner. What I mean is it was just kind of walk in the club, shoot him. I don't... I wish there was a little bit more of a scene mm-hmm. than that. You know, it's just like a quick flash and it happens. That's how 90s movies were. Yeah. Um, out of, I don't know, something about me would have liked to see Book like tracking him down and getting him on the way in the club, something like that. Mm-hmm. It but. sounds like you wanted Book. See,
1: when you say it like that, it sounded like you wanted him to... In- Get away with it.
2: <laughs> no, not even that. I don't even, it's not even that. It's just, I think the character of Birdie and what he supplied us in this movie, I think he just deserved a little bit more than just the flashing of him dying. Um, I would, I, maybe that's just me wanting to see more Pac. Yeah, that's right. He was great on this. He, he deserved
1: all that shit and it made sense. Like, yeah, awesome. I'm
2: not mad that he died. I mean, he was a terrible human being, but I also just would have loved to see a little bit more. To a character like that. When you get rid of a big character, they deserve a rightful death, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so I guess that's it, it doesn't bother me like wholly, like the other stuff that I mentioned, but you know, just a little concerned. <sighs> Were there any come see about me moments? No, nah. no. Nah. Um, except for Shep showing up Shep. With that weekend apology.
1: Hey, Shep was a runner, wasn't he? Uh Rachel. Boy he was a runner, he's a track star.
0: Was...
2: <laughs> uh cultural moments the whole damn movie the whole damn movie new york black hoop it was yeah. the only thing
1: the only thing that don't make sense about this movie is that west coast ass soundtrack
2: yeah i was trying to get some more information um on how that how a new york city based film got a death row contract uh, awesome. soundtrack excuse me so yeah death death row released the soundtrack i mean it was mm-hmm. it's one of the best soundtracks ever um, classic when you talk about rap soundtracks, I mean, it's up there, top three, I'm sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Very 90s. So, if you went to the new stuff, um, it might not be up your alley, but it should be because the new stuff is is what it is. Um, but it was a classic, might be the last great hip hop soundtrack. Some people might throw Friday in there, mm-hmm. uh, but for me, it's above the rim. Above the rim is incredible. Yeah. Paint that, that,
1: that track Pain by Pac is a classic, and then Fabulous came and ripped it again to new
2: shreds. So, yeah super classic yeah yeah absolutely any actors from the wire hell yeah i knew it my nigga sherwin david harris wood better known as wood harris better known as the absolute legend avon barksdale
3: barksdale,
2: the legend. barksdale crew man shout out to weebay it's funny man because he played like a weebay role to, yeah, to avon in this movie yeah he did yeah, man. So shout out about that action. I'm about that action, boss. <laughs> that and was, I, and I'm just a huge with Harris fan from an actor perspective. I mean, his range is incredible. He there's nothing he can't do, it's limitless, like mm-hmm. we said about Leon. So shout out to him. Wouldn't let that happen to me. Y'all got anything? I don't have anything either. I don't think there was anything else really preventing yeah. Um school, you got any trivia? The
1: only trivia I have is about pot, man. Pop? Had to use a body double in the basketball scene because, of course, he got uh, shot at Quad Studios in uh, NYC. Um, you know, which led up to the Biggie beef and so on and so forth. So
2: that's about it. And that body double looks spot on. Yeah, you probably it, it, it might take you a few watches to actually tell who the body double is because you'll see a lot of scenes that obviously um, the magic of movie making they had scenes already with Pac at the court, so they would use a lot of the same. Sh- close-ups over and over again. Yeah. Um, but for the full-body ones, it would be a Pox double. But he looks... You have to pause it and see. I'm going to try to track it, and I'll post it on our page so you can actually see the difference. But it's, it's really hard to tell if you're just watching it in the film. Yeah. yeah. Down pack. Um. I got a couple things that I found as well. For all the reality TV fans, especially from the 90s, um, you probably were a real-world fan. Real-world was my shit, at least growing up. Eric Reese, the dude who plays Kyle's High School Rival, uh, Montrose, he was on the original Real World cast in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that actor who played him, he was original real world cast member. And Tanya Pinkins, who played Dwayne Martin's mom, she was only three years older than Dwayne Martin at the time of filming, even though really? she played her mom. That makes Yeah, Dwayne Martin was 29 <laughs> Dwayne Martin was 29 years old at the time. Oh of wow. 29? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was 29 when it released. He was 28 when they filmed.
1: Goodness gracious. Yeah,
2: and like you said, like Rachel, when you look at Dwayne Martin's resume, you were kind of shocked at how bare it is. You mm-hmm. just a lot more on there, and I'm like, damn, Dwayne Martin to be such a person I remember growing up doesn't have a lot of huge roles. Yeah, so it was kind of surprising when I was kind of looking at that. But we're here. Tier- we're here at the end of the episode. Got to rate the film. Hold on, did we classic or not? Yeah. And if we didn't, classic or not, nah, what y'all think? It's all yeah. I think y'all say classic. classic. I, yeah, I know it's a classic. It's a classic, so yeah. Um, we at the end too high, too low, just right. The average viewer rates this film 6.6 out of 10. Right too from-
0: low,
2: 7.2. cool. Too low, 7.2. Too low, 7.9.
0: <laughs> I, you know what I thought that 0. 0.2 was a little low I'm gonna up mine to a 0. 0.5 or okay. 0.6 yeah.
2: yeah yeah it's it's good man and it, for though I I'm a coach man I coach youth sports I care about youth and just a young black man mm-hmm. um you know that's something that I care deeply about so seeing the results of somebody not being there and people having choices and nobody there to kind of guide them through it um, those scenes with Shep and Birdie and Shep and Kyle just hit a little different for me. Um, and they cross over. This film is going to be 30, 30 years old next uh, year. And it still resonates and still hits and just the authenticity and just that 90s feel. There was no era. there's no decade like the 90s, man. The 90s was just different. And that early to mid 90s, I, I say it all the time, it was it was so different from the late 90s. It was its own little time and everything was new and fresh and taboo and Hip hop would still look that crazy and all types of shit, man. Mm-hmm.
1: I I uh I also want to say shout out to Coach Rollins, man. To know, and we need more people like him. I know it's a movie, but you need more people of uh of Coach Rollins who knew that Kyle had an attitude, and he knew that he didn't look like him, and maybe that's why. So he knew that he could he should lean on Shep to lead this young man. We need mm-hmm. more people like that, like. You know, yo, step up, black man. Step up. Well, hold on, man.
2: And a white man about to be telling me step up, black man. I'm going to say that he for didn't, He didn't say that, but he did. <laughs> but no, I don't think he did it for Kyle per se. Well, there was a moment where he said it. Yeah, he told him. Like, he needs you. I, I, think his more, I think it was more so he knew that he didn't understand this new generation. Yeah. yeah. It was time for him. That I can admire because one thing that's a big issue with any kind of organization, corporation, it's people not knowing when it's a time like, to go. Okay. And right. It's time for some new blood. So that alone lets me know, all right, he has the best interests of these kids in his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows that Shep is the person because he's lived that life. He's done that. He's been that person. And he's a no-nonsense dude. We saw right away how Kyle just had respect for him. Well, he played him when he thought he was a toy cop and all that. But once he right. realized he was somebody, um, you know, he could have stepped to him when he got him up off flip. But he realized, like, nah, I'm gonna chill. For so, sure, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, step up back, man. I'll tell you, get the fuck out of my face, bro. That was
1: me. That was me saying
3: that,
2: alright <laughs> you <laughs> All right, y'all, man. It's been real. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. As always, please remember, like I said, check the link tree. Look at the bottom of the episode description. Be sure to share, subscribe, like, comment. Hit us up on Instagram. Email us, whatever you want to do. We appreciate y'all. Don't forget about we got y'all. Make sure you subscribe to that in the link tree. We'll be back next Thursday with another film. We're going to flip it up on y'all next week. Y'all are going to be like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Hey, I I ain't, hey. My choice is my choice. It's not a film in the culture. You're going to be like, yo, Culture Garden, we just want to show our range. That's all I'm going to say. We just want to show our range. So, (laughs) y'all be cool. (laughs) Appreciate y'all tuning in, man. Y'all be cool. Y'all be cool.
3: (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.